know about the weird bits, Stephen. Testing, testing, one, two, three. Again, you don't know what you don't want to know what the weird bits of Tumblr are. I've seen some stuff on Tumblr. <laughs> <laughs> Hello everybody and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host Stephen Platt, thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. And this week, it's the Olympics! (gasps) That's right, the Olympics are going on, the world's biggest sporting festival. Uh, Even though of course it's it's a COVID-affected one and we're all watching it from afar and they're all competing by themselves. But the point is the Olympics are on and in the spirit of sport, we asked you at home to pick... Your favourite sports movie. You chose Speed Racer. Uh, I think there was a miscommunication, but motorsports are technically a sport because they included the word sport in motorsports. So, uh, we are going to watch Speed Racer to um, to mark the Olympics. It's a loose connection, but it's one that you made as an audience. So, um, this is on you, I guess. I I think it's just an excuse for me to watch one of my all-time favourite movies on a technicality. (laughs) It is. What's that voice we hear? Why, it's the voice of Robert Woods. Oh, hey. (laughs) Uh, Robert Woods, uh, you just said Speed Racer is one of your favourite comedies. Uh, All-time favourite movies. All-time favourite films? Yeah. Of any genre? Of any genre. Uh, Explain, without obviously spoiling, uh, what's what's Speed Racer about? Why do you love it so? Speed Racer is um, about... Uh, oh god Speed Racer is a big giant mess of a film And I love it okay. <laughs> And it's uh, Look it's about um... <laughs> If you've seen the movie You'll know what it's about yeah. It's about Look it's about cars going fast It's about artistic integrity Versus uh, corporate um, Greed And it's about family love and it's uh, as all car movies are as all car movies are yeah it's about family and uh, <laughs> and on top of all that it is a really cheesy <laughs> uh adaptation of a, a 60s low budget anime um okay. and on top of that <laughs> it is the wachowskis trying to Further the cinematic language into kind of neo-cubism right. from from how it exists. So like like it's a lot of things. There's there's just it's too much. Okay, it's a lot. It's a lot. Okay. Do you think this film uh, captures the Olympic spirit in any way? In Absolutely. A... Okay. Good. <laughs> and um, Rob, I do have to ask because the Olympics are on. Uh, have you watched any of it yet? We're a I didn't of... know the Olympics had started <laughs> until about an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, so so not not much Olympic spirit over there. Fortunately, we have um, a very sporty uh, guest who, who hasn't seen the film. Or uh, the Olympics. <laughs> it's Dr. Ellen Sears. Hello, Stephen. <laughs> uh, Dr. Ellen, uh, you've not seen Speed Racer. No. Nah. So what are you expecting from this film, aside from neo-cubism? Uh, cars. Okay. I have no concept of this film whatsoever. Everything you've just said has just made me more confused. Mm. <laughs> um, I'm not much of like a I love cars person, generally speaking. So I have no idea what I'm in for. I couldn't even remember the name of the film today when somebody, I said, I'm, I'm going to do a podcast. Like, what film are you watching? I was like, yep. <laughs> it's something about cars. And the other guy I'm doing it with loves it. Oof. That's about all I have. Mm. So... I don't even know the name of it, so it's called what? Speed Racer. Speed I think, Racer. I think okay. that's a. I think that is a um, really good cross section of the world's <laughs> response to Speed Racer. Mm. Somebody is. who has seen it and loves it, and somebody who has no friggin' clue that's what like, it's about. Because yeah, yeah. Okay. It is a notorious bomb, box office bomb, mm. but now has this cult massive cult following, following right. with people that just sing its praises, um, and it is a. Film that because it's it is so experimental mm. and breaks cinema in a variety of ways mm. in terms of storytelling and narrative and just film techniques. Um, it's a lot to get your head around the first time you watch it. Cool. And so, like, yeah, like it's complete. Like, if you hate it, 
That's cool. Okay. I'm like I that's cool. I when, don't care. When, when did it come out? Two thousand and eight. Yeah. Okay. That would make sense. Yeah. And it it's I, I feel like it's like twenty years ahead of its time in terms of what it well, was trying to do. We're, we're catching up then, so um, maybe Sadly we haven't ca- caught up as much as I wanted. Okay. <laughs> well <laughs> uh, with all that being said then, I'm excited because I haven't seen this film either. Mm. Um shall we watch Speed Racer? Sure. Mm. Okay, for those of you who are listening at home, pop in your DVDs, load up your streaming services, and prepare to Maca Go Go as we watch Speed Racer. Welcome back, everybody. We have just finished watching Speed Racer. And by we, I of course mean Robert Woods. Ah! It's so good! And Dr. <laughs> Ellen Sears. I don't know what I just watched, <laughs> but it was very, very interesting. So, could you could you try and sum up Speed Racer in a couple of sentences? An epileptic's nightmare. That's very succinct. Uh, <laughs> like, that is what I... Like, right at the end of it, especially that final big race sequence, and then the credits, oh. which is just like... You know what? You know what? Some of the lighting in this reminded me of Stephen. Mm-hmm. It was the lighting design for the King Kong musical, except the King Kong musical was really oh. shit, and this wasn't. So you enjoyed Speed Racer. I enjoyed that immensely, even mm. though I did feel like I was getting punched in the back of the retinas, but I was enjoying it. Wow, oh, awesome! Whereas King Kong, I did not enjoy. Now I was Kong like, you're was... punching me in the back of the retinas to distract me from other things. Mm. I saw the early production of King Kong. Uh... Yeah, we saw it in 2013 <laughs> on our yeah. first date. Oh wow! Yeah. In Melbourne. <laughs> It was awful. It's so bad. It's so awful. Oh, wow. How did that giant light-up production with a monkey not work? And this one did. That's what I want to know. (laughs) Um, So, Speed Racer, Robert. Um, When did did you last watch this film? I'm curious. When did I last watch? I watched it at least once a year. Mm. Um, I probably last watched it, um, I think, towards the middle of last year. Okay. So, anything, anything new from this viewing for you? Pineapple hair lady. <laughs> I've, I, I love have, her. I have noticed her before. <laughs> to, truth be told, um, oh, there. I mean, look, there's there's a lot of things you can look at mm-hmm. in in this film. Um, Maybe more than any other film. There's the, there's a lot going on. The, tr- truth be told, this is the film that I use to calibrate monitors and um, and and. Um, home entertainment systems mm. Th- this is my go-to movie yeah. you're like does this movie look good on this it's a good yeah. thing then. yeah I-, I have to say it was my first time watching it i knew very little going into this about speed racer other than oh that's that anime with the kid and the monkey in the boot and like that was about it i recognize the hat that what's his name sprinkle Spritel. Spritel wore. i'm not good with the names yet yeah. but i had such a good time watching that film <laughs> it it's it's a good time. It's insane. It and it's but great. Yeah, it's. I think it's what's surprising about it is um, how kind of epic it is. Mm. Yeah, considering it's like it's it's a, meant to be a, a kids film. It's meant to be like a property for it's for pretty, children. And the Wachowskis, for the, the Wachowskis film. just went like. This is the story we're telling. This is this and is what we're, we're doing. Go and we're gonna go hard with it. And we're going full in, and we are one hundred percent sincere with it. And I mean, for me, and it works. For me, it's emotional. A, yeah, a, it works. A thirty-one-year-old man, it works. Yeah, I could see kids getting lost by this. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I, could, oh, I could. Yeah, I could see some kids really loving it. Um, I, I could see a lot of kids going. What's all the corporate espionage stuff? <laughs> go back to the monkey trying to steal the sweets. Um, but I feel like they do a really good balance of that, but in a very off-kilter way, if you can have good balance it, off-kilter. It is, it is very off-kilter. Yeah. And it, it is, like I said, probably in the introduction, it, it is a, a little bit of a mess. Yeah. Let's be honest. They cut away. It's a delightful mess. I, I think so. They, but they, it's an yeah. enjoyable mess. I made a note. They cut away from the big villain reveal of Roger <laughs> Allen's Royalton character revealing that all of racing is rigged to show the little boy and the monkey running away from the cleaners going, oh, it looks like we've got mice again. And then it cuts back as though like no time has passed. And Roger Allen's going, do you understand? <laughs> it's wild. 
it's <laughs> and then they're just yeah. speeding around a corridor with everyone on Segway. Yeah. Going. So the story for those uh, who maybe haven't watched, and if you haven't, I, I would say stop this review right now. It, either watch the film and come back because you won't understand, or just don't listen to this episode. If for whatever reason you're going, I'm not going to watch Speed Racer. I'm going to actively say stop listening right now because I really think it is critical that you see this film to understand everything that's being discussed. Um, Speed Racer, for that is the name of the protagonist, which I did not know (laughs) until everyone started calling him Speed and he was part of the Racer family. I had to go, Rob, is his name Speed Racer? Is that, yeah. Anyway, Speed Racer is a young boy that loves racing cars, and luckily he's in the racer family. But tragedy strikes when his older brother Rex is killed in a rally, and he grows up, and he's still racing, and they're doing their thing. And he wins a race and catches the attention of all the various racing conglomerates, including uh, Mr. Royalton. Was it G.E. Royalton or mm-hmm. some initial? Esquire. Esquire, yes. Uh, you who... know he's fancy because he has a cravat. Yes. Um, <laughs> and he's uh, Royalton tries to to get Speed Racer to join his team and Speed Racer turns him down and so Royalton tries to screw over his whole family and it's a tale of the underdog. It's truly, this actually is weirdly a very apt film for our Olympic special. <laughs> it, it re- I think it really actually like, yeah, I, I guess does, it, I think it is. does capture that, that spirit of um, underdogs and rank amateurs giving it their best shot and in some cases finding glory and even in the case where they don't find glory going on that journey together and and just achieving things for the good of either their family or their community. And that's what the Olympics purports to be about. Um, but <laughs> Whether it achieves that or not is another well, thing entirely, yeah. but that's the idea yeah, of it. Yeah, I have a sneaky feeling it's a little bit more like a Royalton uh, <laughs> and his industries than maybe we would oh, all nowadays, be comfortable Oh, nowadays, for sure. But it's, it's a really good sports film. Mm. It... it, it I don't give a shit about cars or car racing, and I really enjoyed it. So, I mean, that's a pretty good barometer. I I think that is the mark of a good film about sports, is that the sport itself, though crucial, is not... The, the thing that drives the story. Yeah. I, I like think... I liked that they, uh, Susan Sarandon playing the mother mm. likens it to watching someone make art. Mm. Yeah. Because that's something that I thought all of us here would connect to. Yeah. Um, even if you don't care about the car racing, you yeah. understand that it's someone doing something that they're passionate that about they are and really expressing loved. themselves. Mm. I don't think I've ever seen a film so beautifully encapsulate that kind of like mind of a child who obviously has like an attention problem. And like, I was sitting there watching it and I was just like, oh my God, this is like that Ken Robinson TED talk where he's talking about meeting Gillian Lynn Mm. and like her story as like a little girl about how, um, so Gillian Lynn was the choreographer from Cats. Mm. And when she was a little girl, she had a lot of problems with attention in class and she was just always like, just couldn't stay focused. And so her parents got called into the school and whatever else. Um, and basic as the story goes, as she told it to this, um, guy, Ken Robinson, who then was doing a Ted talk and he was talking about it. It was, um, they went, okay, we just, I'm just going to take your parents out, Jillian, and we're going to, um, we're going to go and talk outside. And she was like, okay. And so they all left the room, but before they left, the guy, whoever it was, turned the radio on and they walked out and they just all stood outside the room. The parents were like, what are we doing? He went, just wait, just wait. And they were all looking in the room. And as soon as they all left the room, the radio was on, there was music on. She got up and she started to dance. And they went, there's nothing wrong with her. Like, she's, there's nothing wrong with her. She's a dancer. Take her to a dance class. And she said, and I went to my first dance class and I walked in the room. And it was amazing. It was just a room that was full of people who were like me. They had to move to think. And Mm. it was basically like, you know, maybe if we could actually let people do the things that they are mm. interested in. And I was watching this kid at the beginning and the way that the animation was and all the stuff and everything. And I was like, this is, this is like, you we're inside yeah. this kid's head. This he- is how he sees the world. And it's so beautifully translated onto the screen. I was just like, yes, he, this is amazing. He literally says later on, racing is the only thing I know how to do and yeah. I've got to do something. Yeah, like, it just makes sense. And you yeah. can see that so clearly, like it's expressed mm. so clearly. Yeah, and I think that's, it is really wonderfully done. I, the I, whole aesthetic of this film, like yeah. the visual aesthetic, it's like crazy. it's insane and it's crazy, but mm. it's beautiful. It and is, I love yeah. how they brought in that 60s vibe because the original, 
shows was in the 60s, right? Yeah, so it's it's yeah. A, a 60s cartoon. And, and to be fair, the, the cartoon does, does not look like this movie looks. Yeah. The, the movie is its own thing. But what they do is they bring in... Um, what I did notice this time, uh, when you, as you were asking before, what I did notice is how kind of subtly they introduced the audience to their film vocabulary. Yeah. Mm. Um, because the first couple of scenes are uh, shot on sets mm. with, with the backgrounds that are there. Mm. Yeah, it's with more the, practical. In, in, the, in the classroom and in the, the yeah. parent-teacher meeting. Um, and they bring, they slowly introduce you to the idea of the background starting to move. Mm-hmm. And then just after that, um, we see uh, the uh, um, some uh, Spritel and Chim Chim watching some anime. Mm-hmm. And, and yes, they kind of go into really the anime. Clever. And that, that then, then lets them do this, the sliding faces anime transition yes. Yeah. thing. Yes. And then they start using it more and more. Yeah, it's beautiful. And then they, they, start, they start compounding timelines, flashbacks, flash forwards. Yes. Yeah. And storytelling all happening at the same time. Yes. It's something that you can, I think you can only do in film. Yeah. Yes. This, this, this way. I, it's I've, a visual storytelling thing that's just fascinating. It's yeah. Brilliant. I was making uh, a more copious list of notes than I thought I was going to make for this film. Mm-hmm. Purely because of how it's structured with the flashbacks and how those events directly tie to the emotions characters are experiencing in in that exact point in the film. And it does all the backstory of who the race of family are and what their situation is in the middle of a race. Mm. And they do it that brilliantly. That opening sequence is yeah. nuts. Yeah. I mean, like, so many sequences in this film are yeah. absolutely nuts. But that opening mm. sequence, I remember sitting down for the first time and not understanding how this was a kid's film because really there were complex. three ti- three timelines going on, mm. introducing all of those characters and th- them as kids mm. while a race is going on, yeah. while he's racing the ghost of his brother. Yeah. Like, it was just But I almost so feel much. as though Speed Racer and indeed a, a kid's film mm. uh, or kid's property in quotation marks is actually a medium which is really useful for that kind of storytelling because... The characters and stylistically what they've done with them are so visual. Yeah, mm. you're not necessarily you're having to grab onto anything to make a tie to what's the story. Yeah, but if you see, oh, this is the Trixie look. She looks like this. She has these colors associated. She always with her. looks like this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, so and pink is her sa- color. Yeah, same yeah. with Speed. Same with Pops. All the characters have got like a very distinct Pops look. Has the and, red shirt. Yeah, yeah. Um, like they all have these very distinct things that then when you see, it's the silhouette as well. Yeah, so like the, fo- the, 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 the hair mm. silhouettes and things yeah. like that. Yeah, and because the sixties it was so like quiffed and yeah, and I like, think they have very defined silhouettes. And it's designed yeah. from the the anime caricatures. Like yeah. they're based on caricatures yeah. and. All of the characters in this are caricatures. Yeah. The goons, the inspector, oh. like the, the yeah. Other some ra- of them, like, I was all, looking at them and I was just... like, "You look like you're literally an anime drawing." Mm. Like the dude with the mutton chops. Yeah. yeah. And there was a couple of bits like um the, the guys who had the the money symbols floating in their yeah. eyes yeah. and the facial expressions. I was like, that is literally just an anime still frame with real life actors. Yeah. Like perfect. It's it acting. Is... It was just. It is very well shot. Oh my God. I was a little bit worried when we first got our sort of look at some of the visual effects of the cars in the real world um, after Rex picks up uh, speed. That's the first shot of the, of kind of quote unquote normality. Yeah. And that is, yeah, that is the kind of the shot that makes or breaks someone's, I think, reaction to being, being able to accept the reality I of was, this world, the style of yeah. this world. And, mm. and for me, and I don't know how this went for you, Alan, but for me, that first shot was the first thing that made me go, oh, like maybe this won't work. But very quickly, it went away because mm. it absolutely is appropriate for the style that they're telling. At least that was my reading of it. Yeah. No, no. I, I was there full throttle the whole way through because from the very beginning, like obviously it's a very stylistic type thing. And I was like, oh, this is really interesting. That kind of mixture of... Um, the real life stuff and then mm. the way that they were doing the hand-drawn cartoony stuff and then obviously you get into the bits where it's just so much CG and it's almost like being in a video game. Like mm. it really is. This whole thing is kind of like a video game mixed with real life 
but I think it works. And there wasn't ever a bit where I was just like, oh no, like the CG doesn't look entire. It's not meant to look realistic. Yeah, well, what's, it's that's interesting because like it's the kind of thing that I know I wouldn't be able to show to my dad because mm. he he can't he can't grasp like animation yeah. in general and like so- something like Sin City or mm. Three. Like he he can't he can't connect to that because it's not real. Yeah, and I don't buy that at all. Uh, I I can't. I I I definitely um, feel empathy towards animated characters. <laughs> I, oh, it's yeah, not yeah, a, it's yeah. not a problem mm. for me, but I know for some people it's like it is a bit of a, a barrier. Yeah. Mm. Um. But the yeah the ultra stylization of this helps uh, a great deal in terms of um doing visual effects that are realistic, mm. being super expensive, and it's that that uncanny valley thing of if it's not quite realistic, then you're it, like, you are immediately mm-hmm. pulled out. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think, I think the Wachowskis had that complaint from doing this, the second two matrix, matrix films yeah. Yeah. where they were like, all, all the, the CG um, agent Smith fights and stuff is like, Oh, clearly, <laughs> clearly that CG is not real. Mm. But when you're in a world where, up front you've stated the, that the reality the, the reality is is, yeah. is this mm. it it doesn't look real the cg doesn't even then you accept that trying to read yeah yeah it's 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 the exact same reason that like musicals work because mm. the audience accepts they're like oh this is just how this world is yeah it's mm. like oh here's my disbelief oh a hook i'll suspend it here yeah, like, yeah. that's exactly it it's that suspense it's that willful suspension of disbelief mm. and i can understand how somebody would be like oh, don't give me and it's just not gelling for me but i think that as well that like the performances in this mm. like they're very they're earnest they, they're they are they're totally mm. sincere like and there's I, nobody who's phoning in and just being like they're all acting like it's I don't a very really wink serious to camera thing. or anything like there's yeah. no there's no uh, there's no they, nod nod not, wink wink they're not ashamed that it looks this way they're not like mm. like like some I, I get that feeling in in some like maybe some yeah i know what you mean I don't know, like some comic book movies and things, and like where it's oh, kind of like kind nudge, of nudge, wink, wink. Like we know that we're overacting this, and we're going to do mm. it anyway because yeah. we're doing the thing. This is more like something like Enchanted. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like where mm. you've got um, Amy Adams just completely unashamedly just being like, "I am a Disney princess," mm. and everybody around her is just delighted by this, except for poor Patrick Dempsey's character who is just so confused because he's not in that world and he's like I don't understand what's mm. happening oh my god yeah he's Robert's dad in this situation Definitely. yeah he's yeah he's your dad in Definitely. that situation yeah. but that's but that but that's kind of the joke is that mm-hmm. he's like he's the one person in the musical that doesn't sing yeah. but you don't have that in this no. everybody's in that world mm. everybody is mm. immersed in it and you kind of you you want to go there with but them. it's not just that it's also like uh, think about um frozen yeah or or tangled or like later yes these these post golden age disney films where yeah. they're they're self-aware yes, of these are. tropes and they do seem to be a little bit ashamed of them and a little bit sidestepping of them yeah mm. this um, is not that this is not that this yeah. is just unabashed in, yeah full throttle 100 percent. and they're not and they're not really like acknowledging them yeah they're mm. not even like subtly acknowledge them it's literally just this is what we're presenting yeah yeah Bam! And they just punch you in the and face I, with it. And they're like, if you don't helps. like it, leave. Like, okay. I definitely think it, it helps the yeah. audience accept it as well. Yeah, and yeah. I think that sincerity of the characters and, and the acting is massively important as well because they, at no point, I think because there is none of that, like, wink to camera thing. I think the closest we get to it is when Royalton sees Chim Chim, the chimp, after he's had the pancakes. And he just does a little look at the chimp like, that's a chimp. And then he kind of just... <laughs> like regains his composure and carries on but it's not an unnaturalistic reaction to be like there's a chimpanzee in this in this kitchen yeah that's maybe the closest they get to that and also that's at the point in the film where you've also just kind of been introduced to the chimp yeah the audience is also there with him yeah like like, (gasps) yeah you're like that is weird but i i think the 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 performances from everyone in this film are just super they're exactly what they need to be yeah. from from like some of the best goon acting we talked before about the, the fantastic goons. goon acting. yeah just <laughs> yeah. um plump the hole with your finger i don't want to do it and the piranhas eating his finger and he's retching in the background and <laughs> pain it's wonderful and um, but but so I, I, i'll leave performers truck 
yeah <laughs> that but oh, it was wonderful but our lead performers <laughs> are fantastic like we we said it during the the watching of the film yeah. but that we have to say it here John Goodman and Susan Sarandon as the parents are best movie parents. Are incredible movie they're parents. They're so good. Yeah, like they're and, so good. Like they have been great mm. movie parents separately in a yeah. lot of films, mm. but those two together are just a wonderful, wonderful thing. And they're given some of the most loving yeah. speeches. Mm. Like they Which both have so nice. the, the most glorious "I'm proud of you, son." Yeah. Speeches. It's like sixties pastel Adams family. Yeah. Mm. Like that's kind of is it's that, that just, same kind of is vibe. Is that just because Christina Ricci was in this? Is that <laughs> I mean that's just purely incidental, but uh, she's not even in the family. Well, I mean she kind of is in the family. Yeah, she's Trixie. No, I know she's Trixie, but she's, she's in the family. She's well she's she's she kind of is. I'm like, does she have any other family? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. she just not is- in the cartoon, so no, not in this. Yeah. No, exactly. But that whole but that whole thing of like they're just very, very supportive. And part of that obviously has come out of this tragedy and losing Rex and mm. like all that kind of thing. And I love the fact that there's then like there's obviously like a huge age gap between Rex and Speed, and then between Speed and what's his Spridal. name? Spridal. That's such a weird name. Yeah, I love him. So there's <laughs> but there's like a big gap between mm. them. Like there's like a mm. good ten years. Yeah. Each way between each of those children. Kids. Yeah. And it's like, what what was your family planning like, guys? That's really mm. interesting. They're, they're odd. But, little known fact: they're Vulcan. They practice bonfire. <laughs> <laughs> we can only breed once every seven years. Um, yeah, I love it's... the fact that John Goodman also got to beat the crap out of people in this because oh, normally so he's just good. kind of like. I like that they used they've used their their matrix fight scene choreography skills for for very different ends in this film. Like, there's some glorious and like like you always knew that they liked anime if you watched. The, the Matrix films, oh, but yeah, yeah. but in this one, like, You're they like get oh, they a whole really different like palette anime. to play with. Just, and... just the whole sequence of the ninjas. Just Judy Rich coming in the end and just being like, is that a ninja? Yeah. <laughs> what is Jungkook? But, but, but also, like a ninja. Like <laughs> terrible a what passes for a ninja these days. <laughs> <laughs> what I really loved about that, just one little visual thing, was when they kicked <sighs> the guy who was behind the couch and his legs hit the wall next yeah. to his head. <laughs> Just and he folded it up. Yeah, just just little tiny oh, bits like that. Yeah. So well, something many. they something uh, they they did in V for Vendetta mm. with the knife throwing, mm. um, leaving slight trails. Yes. They kind of took the next step in this one. They have there's a fight towards the end of the film um, that takes place in the snow, mm. and um, that's my personal favorite fight. Hand combat fight scene mm. in, in this one because they do have what they they coined kafu mm. <laughs> in the racing yeah um, mm. um but when they're fighting in the snow they use the punctuations of the the lines from the snow mm. and the, the slices of uh legs and arms whooshing the snow to create actual like lines that look like anime mm. drawings and it's really it, it was, beautiful mm. and and it gives it such this pop of energy mm. that you don't get from like just watching a normal fight yeah. scene and the way that it's put together with all of those layers mm. and the different yeah it's just incredible it, it was very effective and i i think obviously yeah the, the wachowski's um background with with having combat from the Matrix properties and from V for Vendetta. Um, just the fact they made this next is so wild. Mm. Um, but but I'm really glad they did because it's very enjoyable. I, mean, I, I think Emile Hirsch, our, our titular speed racer, is very good. He's a very earnest yeah. all-American hero and boy, it, isn't he? But he does it beautifully. He's a, a bit of a different character from the anime. Mm. They've, they've, they've uh, I, I guess just because of the, the weird dubbing back in the day where they seem to speak like 500 miles a second uh, and and the the anime is very uh unnaturalistic sounding in in english yeah um, which is why it's become um, there's some amazing memes and i highly suggest you look up um speed racer is a mm. is a psychopath um and um okay. and just like speed racer out of context mm. <laughs> clips on youtube just there's there's some amazing ones there yeah. okay but they yeah like he's he's a bit more subdued and more like calm and mm. like insular in this film i like and i the think fact it works that, i like the fact that he's really calm and insular and i think it's interesting as well because obviously like he starts off and he's like a little kid he can't sit still but then obviously like he's found his thing mm. and then that has kind of like 
he's settled into himself. And rather than going at a million, billion, billion miles an hour, like he was when he was trying to write his test and rub the things, like, getting himself, like he just couldn't get his brain in gear. But the, the, the driving obviously really has like given him that focus mm, and mm. something to kind of, yeah, focus his brain on. And so he's like a lot calmer and he's mm. sort of slow. And it sometimes takes him a little bit to sort of get to the point. Yeah. So he's obviously sort of like thinking things through, like he's processing things. But then like once he's made up his mind, he's like, okay, this is where I'm at and I'm here. And he's, he reminds me a little bit of my brother, to be honest. Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. Um, having Obviously, having met your brother, but he also particularly young speed racer reminded me of your nephew. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like my, my brother's and, kid, yeah. And, and reminded me of other like, sm- like children of that age. Like yeah. the, the depiction of the children in this film was just just felt very honest baby Trixie, who's just like don't you be mean about him punching me in the face i was like yeah. oh man it's me but also like <laughs> <It's> me um, <laughs> like like paulie lit who I plays people in the face as a kid yeah, yeah. paulie lit who to. plays uh sprittle mm. um was just great like when he flips off uh yeah. royalton and like he's great i love his old timey um kind of <laughs> I don't know what you call that. But... Boy, I, 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 uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm watching you. But kids are like that. Yeah, and like celebrating I've met kids like that. Yeah, <laughs> celebrating with the trophy at the end. He was, he was great. I was yeah. teaching a kid at drama yesterday who was exactly like that. It was terrifying. Did he, did he come with a chimpanzee? No, no, <laughs> it was a little girl, and okay. I'd never met her before. I was just teaching for that week. I was covering a class for somebody, <laughs> and <laughs> she just came in and she was like, "Well, and actually, like this and but," and I was just like, "Holy crap! You're like a grown up in a child's body." I mm. Love you. It's You're great. It's fun. Uh, Matthew Fox as racer. Good old Matty Fox. Yeah. Um, what a turn. What a genuinely like superb portrayal of the mysterious anime guardian character. Do it's you know- tricky because it. So that that plot line is like a, the big the big part of mm. the anime show. Like mm. if there's any stories you're gonna adapt from any arcs you're going to adapt from the show. Like mm. if you've got to include that one. Mm. Um, and I thought it was really interesting the way they tried to do a bait and switch with this for anyone that yeah. does know the anime. Mm. I mean, and knows was, what the outcome is. You, look, go, you was, kind of get it halfway was pretty and you go, obvious. Oh. It was pretty obvious. Yeah. From the off. And then they were like, oh, no, you're no. not him because he took the thing off. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And then at the end they were like, oh, but actually. And I went, oh, okay. Because when I watched it, I, I thought, Oh, they've done that because it's too obvious. Um, yeah, um, that yeah, it's in, that's if kind anyone of... that's watched it, it was like, oh, that's kind of a letdown. And then at the end, it's like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm satisfied. Yeah. yeah, no, that was kind of my whole thing because I obviously, like, I don't, I don't try and like figure out things, but it was very, very obvious that he was yeah. being set. It was like, you know, you, you, you drive like my brother. You're like this. You're like this. I'm like, mm. they're very clearly setting this up. Mm. I was like, so either they're going to be like, yes, no, it is, and then he went to take the mask up, and he's like, oh no, you're not him. And I was like. Hmm. I, I just I'm still suspicious mm. and I was right to be suspicious. <laughs> I think it's actually really quite sad that he doesn't go and rejoin the family at the end. Yeah. Because but but makes perfect sense with what happened with what Pops did. And yeah. like when Pops has his big chat with um, well, Speed and says I, I shut the door on, on that son, that's the biggest regret that I ever had. And the mm. fact that even after all this, Racer X still feels like he can't rejoin them is tremendously yeah. sad. It's very sad. It's also mm. the uh, the Royalton cynical side of me thinks um, they did want to make more of these. I say. And you know what? That would not have surprised me. So that was kind of maybe a way of like maybe seeing it up a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Um, I love in, the fact in my head, that Matthew Fox finished Lost and went and did this next. Yeah. Amazing. He was probably just hanging out with Michael Amazing. Giacchino in the corridor and he was like, yeah. oh, I'm doing this oh, speed race. talk about his... Um, like Michael Giacchino music, which is glorious, I love but it. Um, the the way that he slides in the iconic theme song mm. in bits, it, it, partially, but mm. you don't get to hear the full theme song until, until the end, the, end mm. the whole end of the. And you can tell race. that he's a Star and, Wars and you can fan. See, oh yeah, you can mm. tell that he's oh, yeah. a Star Wars. Fan. I big love John Michael. Wa- big John Williams fan. Big John mm. Williams fan, and yeah. you can really hear it in this because, like, all in all, the, I was like a lot of the big car racings, especially the big one in the middle, and then towards the end, I was like, "This is just it's pod racing." Like, it was very <laughs> John Williams. Yeah. Michael Giacchino is very good at what he does. I was first introduced to his his work through um, 
the the music that he did for Lost, which was incredible. Mm. And I've really loved all of the stuff that he's done since then. So like this, that was one of the mm. things as we started to watch. You're like Michael Giacchino did music, and I was like, I love Michael Giacchino. Yeah. And he does pun names for all of his songs, which I just <laughs> love. I just I just really dig that. And like, what I'm trying to think, what else he's done recently? Like lots of stuff, like Star Trek, and now he's yeah. doing all these like massive franchises. Mm. But his stuff there's a little is bit of like delightful. Incredibles in here. Yeah. Just with the that's the, right. The yeah. kind of like the spy stuff and yeah. the um yeah. the cartoony nature of it as well mm. um yeah because it, it is great stuff the, 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 yeah it is it is weird how like this goes from super cartoony to super yeah. serious like yeah and it does the, feel like it's living in both those worlds and also being like over two hours long and a kid's film it's and long like, it is long, it is long. pretty like, much the it's only epic. bit it's mu- got a lot going on in it. pretty much the only bit that i was like I could do with a little bit less of this was the um like the big car race in the middle oh, but then they like I love it. W- yeah like, like it was great but i got to a point and i was like okay i'm getting a little bit bored now with this but mm. that's just also partially me being like i'm just bored by car and then they started to get into all the like, really intense stuff and they're all kicking the crap out of each other and i was like yeah. okay now this is interesting again mm. but like for a little bit there i was just like it doesn't like it doesn't it's it's always moving yeah. This film, like, it doesn't yeah. sit around f- no, for it long doesn't. in any one Yeah, the closest spot. you get is the scene with Trixie and Speed when they're yeah. in the car at night. At Lover's at, Lane. Yeah, doing, doing the old, uh, <laughs> oh, you know, you could pay me some attention scene, like yeah. that kind of thing. And that's not a very long scene, and that comes, like, 40 minutes in. Yeah. It's like a third of the way through. That's as slow as it gets, which is remarkable. Guys, we haven't talked about Roger Allen yet, and I am just... <laughs> I am... Just so pleased to see Roger Allen in this film. He was so great. I, what a great villain. I, I've realised in the last couple of years that I'm a massive fan of Roger Allen from obviously things like his appearance in V for Vendetta and things like that. But, uh, you know, his work on the Cabin Pressure radio series, which was fantastic. But just him turning up as the baddie in this, I was not expecting. And I'm not going to lie, I think it raised this film at least a star or a point or whatever oh, for me. He's got some epic monologues yeah he's this. such a jerk and he delivers them him. with relish yeah well he, he is he's from the tim curry school of yeah, acting. he's exactly he's, just, he's chewing the scenery he's, he's and you're tim curry it. in bloody um what was it command and conquer or whatever the game series was yeah, yeah. he's like one place the capitalism hasn't touched in space like he's got that energy and it's <laughs> it's it's wonderful and he's just and you so believe perfect. him. You believe that he's yeah. just that actual smart. And like, oh God. like his, his... right up until when he smashes that ice sculpture at yeah. the end. Yeah. And then he yes. just gets looked at like you <laughs> child. And it's like, he is yeah. a child. And he's, he's <laughs> so good. His whole like minute of this film talking about how great Susan Sarandon's pancakes are. Uh, it's, I just, it's just, I could see Mark. Tim Curry doing that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very like that kind of an archetype. Yeah. It's just beautiful. Just so so trying to be charming and you, you sort pancakes. of understand I love oh, I love, <laughs> I love pancakes <laughs> it's so good yeah um, yeah and then you're always expecting his tooth to go ping yeah <laughs> you know when he's smiling that, the, my, my two just standout lines for me are that one that pancakes are love mm. and, pancakes are love yeah and and then later on there's a line that Speed Racer delivers he kind of throws it away and delivers it earnestly um but I just, for some reason, the sound of this line is so beautiful and ridiculous to me. Inspector detector suspected foul play, but nothing could be proved. Yes. <laughs> I love I, that line. I picked up on that as well. I was I like, just Ooh. like, that line is glorious and I love it. It's yeah. so hard to say. How many times do you reckon they fluffed it? Yeah. So many. But yeah, no, just, just again, I, I, I love Roger Allen. You put him in something, I'm probably going to like it. But yeah. he, But even with my bias for that he's he's just superb he's he's so look at my stuff i'm obviously not trustworthy but look at all my stuff <laughs> and then and like you say it's that turn and it's that instant rage and he's not acting like he's in a kids film he's acting like he's in a proper corporate yeah. he, he, he's acting like he does in the thick of it yeah, <laughs> where, you know, where, where yeah i was gonna and... say haven't we watched some of these videos recently yeah were like this is just me when i'm angry oh, no, just specifically <laughs> that i'm bored i'm gonna get a twix i'm like i've definitely thought that <laughs> when, I've, when i've been angry <laughs> um but yeah it's yeah it's it's just a really well cast acted and put together film mm. pops like pops his line where he 
in, ter- in terms of great lines from this film as well, it's not particularly well written, but just the way John Goodman delivers that whole thing where he's apologizing to his son and then says mm. that he loves him at the end mm. and gives him a hug. I was like, that's maybe one of the best things I've ever seen John Goodman do. And he's done some amazing stuff, but mm. like just the sincerity of that, that moment, the way that was performed would, it was wonderful. It yeah. really, really is. There's yeah. yeah that right. I think the, the, the script, the, the writing of this is, it's really well structured mm. in terms of setting up the characters and giving them, well, giving giving speed and the audience that emotional hook to why we have to care about this race. Because, like yeah. you say, no one no one cares about car racing. Yeah, no one cares especially, about car especially racing. Especially made but up we, car racing. Exactly. Like yeah, like yeah, made up car racing where they're all so, got like fusion cores and crap. So and you're you, like, what? You have to care about the people and you, yeah. you have to care about speed. And they imbue him with such yeah. love and empathy. And it's because his family love him so much and mm. the people around him love him so much like where the hell does sparky come from he's just this random australian who just turns up and builds cars it's like well he's from he... looking for ellie brandy <laughs> i just what? yeah he had, he had to do something after that and, oh uh, my god there he is. but he's just he's just kind of there he just kind of turns up and mm. you're like oh cool i guess this this guy's here now doing things and he's got an Australian accent, which makes him kind of stick well, out a little bit. Well, another fun thing about him. this film is that is the internationalness of it all. Mm. Yes. Like, I know yeah, they shot in Germany, works. but like they've gone out of their way to include Korean and Japanese. And yes. they use the languages uh, and Spanish. And yeah. um, they use... They go to the Middle East for yeah, that bit. And, and I love you hear the, the fact language all the goons all the are sitting around like eating like, like chicken skewers and stuff yeah. in the mm. background. There's it, a guy who looks like he's smoking like shisha yeah. or something. <laughs> It's like like they, they go to all these places and even like that, the, the, the Grand Prix race at yeah. the end when they're counting down mm. and they're counting down the numbers and each yes. number is a, just a different language, different yeah. languages number f- uh, word for that number. Mm. Um, it just feels like it feels very much kind of like what they furthered in, in Sense8, their, their Netflix series. Yes. This mm. just kind of just inclusion of, of everyone. Everyone, yeah. And, and wanting, wanting it all to be one one world and one one people i'm wondering if as well like part of i'm wondering if part of the reason why this might have you know bombed so badly at the box office is partially because like it's it's so very different and i'm i'm trying to think back to like the kind of films that were coming out in 2008 and we were talking before about how like a couple of months later the dark knight Mm. came out which is like the complete flip side polar opposite of this it's very like dark and gritty and like realism realism like gritty dark realism whereas this is just this fantastical wonderful insane Mm. mess but it's delightful Mm. and i'm sort of going i'm wondering if like you said it was ahead of its time audiences weren't ready for this kind of a thing it's it was a bad time for it to come out yeah (laughs) yeah clearly clearly because like i Vaguely, I think I remember somebody talking about Matthew Fox being in this because um, I was really into Lost for the first mm. three seasons and then I stopped watching it because, anyway. Because let's... there was no more Dominic Monaghan. Yeah, more or less, actually. Yeah. That's more or less what we'll it was. We'll have to talk about this. After the podcast. I was really, really <laughs> mad. I watched the last couple of episodes and just kind of was like, that's it. I do need to go back and watch the whole, the rest of the ones that I missed. Mm, yeah. I started, I watched a few in season three. Anyway, anyway, speed racer. <laughs> but I seem to remember um, people talking about Matthew Fox did this film, and that they, they were like, "It was awful," and blah blah blah, like very vague memories oh. of like in circles of people being like, or like having seen articles or something from that time period, and being like, "It was a yeah. terrible film." And I was like, "Oh, poor Matthew Fox," but oh well. It seemed to be, <laughs> to me, to be a case of when it came out, the certainly the critics mm. were not into it. They were waiting me. for the Wachowskis to fail on this one because this looks so weird and different. It is weird and different for um, an American market. And so... I'm it, not surprised that it people got were poor like, rev- It got poor reviews and mm. then I think uh, Warner Brothers did not advertise it because they were worried. Yeah. So they pushed it towards the kids. Yeah. Like young kids. And then no. a bunch of young kids saw it and didn't understand it. And I think the biggest problem was that that people that grew up with the Speed Racer cartoon that that might have gotten something out of it um, uh, were not advertised to at all and just yeah. didn't show up. 
Like yeah. the problem was that no one showed up. And then afterwards and been yeah. like, oh God. Well, that's this the thing. thing. Everyone, everyone found yeah. out about it when it was on DVD. Mm. Yeah. Um, but later by then. on, by then it was a known as a failure. Yeah. So, and it didn't I, make its money back. I can so. absolutely see why like an American market specifically would have been like, what the heck is this? Because Especially one with that blockbuster season that it had afterwards where it was only, it was only had screen time for like, a month or two. Yeah, exactly. And then it was pulled. Yeah, no, I can see exactly why because it's really, really like wacky and weird and different. Mm. And I, yeah, I can understand why your average like Joe Schmo in middle America would have been like, not really yeah. necessarily gotten yeah, it. You definitely. know what I mean? And I think if I'd watched this in 2000, I would have just been like, shiny, holy crap. Yeah. I don't know that I would have enjoyed it as much as I did watching it like now. And... You know, yeah, I, I I think there's something to be said. There, there, I, I would imagine that um, there would be people who would watch this film and be like, oh, all of the sexism and the stuff. And I'm like, yes and no. That That's, that's like, the thing. Because, like, you yeah. know, obviously you've got, like, women in traditional roles. So you've got, like, the girlfriend and, the, you know, yeah. they're all immaculately presented. But I'm going, but that's also, that, that's a very specific stylistic thing that they've done because it's the 60s and because it's whatever. And, you know, the mum is making PB&Js, yes. Yeah. But she's also there, like, putting car parts together and stuff like that. And I'm like, I kind of, I'm kind of digging this. Yeah. they. I'm kind of digging this. They, they get, uh, yeah, Trixie in the, in the show also, like, she's in the helicopter. She and that's spots. the thing, is she's just like, I just have a helicopter. Boop, You're boop, like, boop, that's boop. just, yeah. And she gets to ride the, she gets to drive the car. Like, it's not yeah. really her thing. But, but she, she does can it. do it. And, and she I'm can like, do it. I like this. Yeah. I'm digging this. And they, they, she fights as well. Yeah. yeah. She's really good. Um, and she, she does it in a pink tank top, which I am just, I am all for that. I am so for like female characters who are like very pretty and well put together who are like, but also <laughs> I could like kill you. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah. Her, her femininity is not a barrier. It's, it's not seen. It's not shown as a weakness at it's all. Like, it's 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 it was like watching like Agent Carter and Wonder Woman and those mm. kind of things, especially like first season Agent Carter, and yeah. just being like, yeah. And it's like, yeah, yeah, she flies a pink helicopter. Yeah, but she guess flies what? a pink helicopter. The, she kicks, there's a guy but... who drives a snake skin car. Like, there's <laughs> yeah. weird stuff yeah, in this. Yeah, Waluigi. Movie. I loved him. Oh yeah, oh, the Waluigi. He just reminds me of Waluigi because he's I'm so gonna yellow. <laughs> Yeah. And the moustache and the everything. I, I do have to say, I love the Viking racing team. Oh, <laughs> they... Broomhilda! They were just... <laughs> Broomhilda, yeah. They were just wonderful. Oh, my gosh. A giant mallet. And yeah. The, and the beehive. The beehive. <laughs> the beehive. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's so silly. It's, it's just fun. It's just so loaded. silly. Yeah. I love it. And also, oh. I, I should say, speaking as someone who, uh, for a living, does compositing and mm. editing... Mm. Um, when I saw this film, mm. uh, I it it really was, technically speaking, it really was a revelation mm. oh. to me. Um, mm. I like I understood everything that they were doing and how they did it, um, but just the style and mm. the way they used this, it's it's. It's hard to call it editing because it's it's like mm. collage. It's like a, yeah. a visual collage. Yeah, yeah. Things yeah. don't things don't just cut from one thing to another thing all the mm. time. They they, they blend. wipe and they move and they blend. Yeah, yeah. and that's 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 hard. I, it's it's yeah. It's, it takes planning and it really felt like watching this. It was like Mad Max Fury Road meets the Wacky Races, and that's I'm all for that as a combination. But do you think that this film maybe? the style it presented was actually quite crucial for a film like Mad Max Fury Road to come along seven years later and maybe get the the um, critical success that that maybe so this film... So gritty, dark, realistic well, version of this. Well, it's more... A lot of the sequences were reminding me of Mad of Mad Max. Not not exactly the same. Like, you know, the, the way Mad Max is There's only is so many ways you can shoot a car race, Stephen. But, <laughs> but the thing is... In, like, am I wrong? No, you're, you're, you're right. But whereas Mad Max was sort of going... This was like, as as Robert said, it was like a sugary rush. It was a hit. It, it was, was mind-bending. Whereas I don't think that Mad Max Fury Road was designed to be mind-bending. It was designed to be, look how much is going on, but look how much of this is actually happening. Whereas yeah. this is all very yeah, much in, all, in the editing yeah. studio. Mad Max was, no, we've shot as much of this as we can in the desert. Yeah. Um, but it, it does feel as though there is a, from my perspective at least a little bit of a through line in the way that this film told its story that 
Mad Max Fury Road does similarly. Yeah, well, what what I would say to that is that the style is dictated by the content. Mm. Um, this is uh, this was criticised for being style for style's sake, mm. and I th- think that's not really a just criticism because the the way that they're telling the story. Um, especially with these multiple timelines going on at once mm. is the way they compound them to make, like if they didn't do that, this film would be five hours long. Mm. Yeah. Like it just, there's, it's a very there's, complex story there's and there's, lo- they're cramming a lot in. And they're and cramming I think in they a lot of character. Well. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. It's, it's actually in this, in this case, efficient. you were talking about the fact that they're taking caricatures, obviously like from the anime and that type mm. of thing. But again, it's like Steven said, it really works. And I think you need it in something like this because otherwise, like the visual language is so clear. You can look at any character at any point and you're like, I know exactly who this is. And that's so crucial because there's so much crap going on. There's like 60 billion flashing lights in the background. You have to be able to see at a glance. I know exactly who this is. And the Mm. the, the use of color and the use of, you know, shapes and all those Mm. kind of things. Like it's it's, it's such a clear visual language. They very... Pointedly, I think, choose the moments where they overload you. Yes. Um, and they. It's and, not just and for the at, sake of it. They're at emotional just... moments, and they're, they're at they're at yeah. moments of uh, high of tension, high and tension, high and high emotion. Yeah, yes. definitely. And the action brings to a certain point, and then, or you've been sitting in a lull, watching watching you know them make out at, at Lover's Lane, mm. and then mm. and then. Like they'll hit you with something crazy to wake you up again. Like they'll do that as well. Mm. Um, but mm. yeah, it's it's a fascinating exercise in terms of knowing where the line between editing and visual effects is, and how basically they've just destroyed both those roles and combined them and just made it. It's storytelling. Yeah. It's visual storytelling. Yeah. It's all the one role and mm. everything is working in concert mm. to to show the audience. I think that idea some, of story. I think that idea of collage, I, I get mm. exactly what you mean. Like I'm not a I'm not a visual effects making mm. person, but I like looking at it and the way that they were moving things around and all of that kind of thing. I was like, Yeah, I understand exactly what you mean by that. Mm. Which is why you really do need to have kind of seen the film to know what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh because my God. it's it's hard to describe if you don't if you yeah. haven't seen it. But it's, it is it is like it is like the old school technique of how anime is made on cells. Um, yeah, and with different things layers moving and things uh, very cheaply just just shifting from left to right across the camera because they couldn't turn them, so they yeah. would fake it, mm. and they've just taken that that idea and, and pushed it and made it digital and yeah. sort of pushed. Yeah. Yeah. Can, can I just say this is, this is, this is slightly off track, but it was just something that I was thinking about as we were going through that, that discussion just then. I really loved, I think you were talking about um, the two of them making out in the car or whatever, but I love the fact that they did the um, third times a charm thing specifically with that. Cause I was waiting for it because obviously <laughs> they had the first not quite kiss because they got, um, broken up by um, whatever it was the the, the kids the kid were in the, in the boot, boot car yeah, and yeah. then the second time same thing they went to go for it again and the, and then at the end you were like oh they're finally going to get their big because they you know they had this big talk about like you know mm. they I'm gonna, set it I'm, up I, 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 we're going to have our big fancy kiss in front of like thousands of flashing bulbs and it's going to be like this big like movie moment mm. and then literally they're like a hair's breadth away and then the kid <laughs> pops up with the monkey and he's just like Cooties breaks the fourth wall. Basically, there's, there's, there's the fourth wall. There's break. the fourth and it's wall. Break. There it the is, film. and it's perfect. And it's 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 Kuzco in Empress New Groove. Yeah. Yes, it yeah. is. It's delightful. Totally. But even though it's a fourth wall break, it's not. It's not in breaking the uh, sincerity of the style. No, yeah. it's not. At That's all. exactly what a youngest a younger it's, sibling yeah. would do it's, in that situation. Be like, this is going to be gross. I'm really sorry. It's, it's silly kids movie. And, yeah. And it does it unashamedly. Yeah. It's beautiful. And it's a great kiss and it's beautifully shot. And I love how and one of the, the little things in the background, all of the little camera flashes all turn into little hearts. Yeah, the, I'm like, that's the, lovely. The bokeh. 
Yeah, the bokeh, the, the that's camera right. focus, which they play with an awful lot in this yeah, because it's all digital. Yeah. Um, so, so they, they, can they make change it blurry. It, and they, they change it from hexagons to diamonds to they stretch oh. it out over time. There's a lot of things going on in the background there that... Um, oh. that are, I'm going to have to rewatch it so <laughs> <laughs> I can look for more things. Mm. Oh, man. Uh, like, I'll take you through frame by frame. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, before we do that, shall we uh, go through the trivia of this film? Yes. Oh, my oh gosh. yeah. I'm, I'm nervous but sure okay all of this trivia is sourced from imdb so if it's not true don't blame me the first bit of trivia uh, peter fernandez and kareen Orr, the original english voices of uh, speed racer racer x and trixie slash uh, sprittle so uh, they were doing some doubling up um they are the voice race announcers in this film yes <laughs> oh, nice. yeah so oh, that's really nice so i think they're technically the like the the uh, speed racer voice uh, peter fernandez i think is the first voice you hear in this film then when um, speed racer drivers emil hirsch is sitting in the locker room listening to yeah. um all, the all the guy. all the stuff yeah with the foot with the foot tap yeah um that's me but yeah that's the original uh english dub speed racer oh that's there. cool um this is the first film that the wachowskis um filmed in the high definition format Mm. Um, with this format they could utilize the layering approach that we discussed before uh, that gave equal clarity to the foreground and background of each scene in the film creating the appearance of real life anime so exactly uh, what you said there rob it was was all deliberate yeah (laughs) funny that even even (laughs) on um on in scenes where they're on sets and they have stuff in the background, they would mm. still put green screens up and shoot the people and shoot backgrounds so that yeah. they had complete control over mm. what it was being able to change it in post. Mm. Mm. Crazy. To, to prepare for his role, Emil Hirsch watched every episode of the original anime of Speed Racer uh, and paid a visit to Lowe's Motor Speedway where he met and got advice from the race car driver Jimmy Johnson. Nice. So, I don't know who that is, but that, it sounds impressive. Hopefully, it paid off. It's hard to tell because I feel like what they're doing is is not real racing. It's mm. like this weird kind of hybrid, yeah, yeah, um, action movie. Speaking of voice actors, um, the Japanese voice voice artists um, Katsuji Mori, Kiyoshi Kobayashi, and Kenji Utsumi, um, who voiced Ben Burns, Mister Tokugan, and Pops Racer in the Japanese dub of the film, um, they all worked on the original Speed Racer series. Um, so for <laughs> so the they... Japanese dub of this film, they got voice actors from the original 60s <laughs> anime to play roles. Yeah. Um, which I just think is wonderful. Uh, it's something that obviously we would never get because yeah. we probably wouldn't watch the Japanese dub. And of they're, they're hard to find the original mm. Japanese soundtracks. It's easy to find the dub here. So, yeah. But yes, they got in uh, the original voice artists that they could, which is just <laughs> lovely. Um, we've got a couple of casting options here. Oh, um, okay. for mainly for Speed Racer these were some of the other actors that were considered at the time mm-hmm. uh, the first of which was Shia LaBeouf yeah mm-hmm. he was that big, makes sense big at the time yeah you know Transformers time you know mm-hmm. it was like the year of the first one coming out I think mm-hmm. yeah I think that came out the year before Speed oh, Racer the before, but they, yeah. they would have been in production around yeah. the same time so could he have done a, a pretty good Speed Racer there's not really a chance for him to go no 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 <laughs> It's true. <laughs> I think you probably could have done it, but I like. You probably could have. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah. Again, makes sense. I can. Uh, I can see that. Yeah. Mm. And Zac Efron. I I can see that too. I, I yeah. think Zac Efron could have actually been quite good in this. Yeah. I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt would have been my pick out of those three. If it was like, no, oh, you have to have one of these three, it'd probably be him. Okay. In terms of, I think he can do that kind of. He's got the sincere little puppy dog eyes. Mm. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I feel like he would have. I feel like he would have milked the puppy dog eyes. Yeah. Um, the one other bit of casting that is here is for the role of Racer X, mm-hmm. Keanu Reeves. Oh man, that would have been so good. <laughs> now apparently he turned it down. Ah, oh. so maybe he was like, oh, he was too busy being another, nice to people. I don't think I should do another kung fu movie with yeah. you guys. <laughs> Three was enough. Three or was, was enough. Or was it? Or was it? Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess we'll find out in well, December. What, what, yes. Well, yeah. yeah. What, 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 what was Keanu Reeves doing in 2007, 2008? Was he doing any films or was he just being nice it, to paparazzi? I mean, he'd definitely done Constantine by that point. Yeah. And then... Maybe he was having a nice break. Making friends with people. That seems to be what he does. He, he just seems to be just really nice to people. And I love that for him. 
Like, <laughs> I think Keanu Reeves would have been really good in this, though. I think he would have been great. Yeah. I mean, Matthew Fox, again, is... Matthew Fox is, is good. ...is well cast in he this had, film. He had just a little bit of the crazy eyes in that one little bit where he was just like, yeah. you know, I hope I'm there. I was like, oh, there's the crazy eyes. <laughs> yeah, Gotta awesome, love awesome. it. He's good. He's good at what he does. Uh, Keanu Reeves, around about 2008. Um, he has his own... His filmography has its own Wikipedia page, uh, which is why oh which is why this is taking slightly longer than I was hoping. Um, in two thousand and eight, he was in the movie Street Kings, and The Day the Earth Stood Still. Oh, now that was a big one, and that was a well, that was a big shoot as well. Yeah, that makes sense. So he so, was yeah. probably like, oh no, I'm he was probably doing this thing. He was a bit busy. He was a bit busy being bit... Clatu. So yeah. <laughs> Fair enough, Keanu, you're forgiven for that one. Um, <laughs> the final bit of trivia, Ariel Winter, who plays young Trixie to Christina Ricci's Trixie, mm. is the real-life younger sister of the actor Jimmy Workman. Workman played Pugsley in the 90s Adams Family films. Amazing! Alongside Christina Ricci. That's incredible. Yeah. Hollywood, you're That's weird. <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, apparently, the, the, those two, Jimmy and Ariel, have a very similar look to Christina Ricci, and they're just getting jobs being her sibling or her younger yeah. self. <laughs> Wacky. Yeah. That is bizarre, but also I do know Ariel Winter. trivial trivia. <laughs> I, I, I know Ariel Winter from something else. I've, I know the name. I've seen her in something else, I'm sure. Ariel Winter is best known for her role as Alex Dunphy in the series Modern Family. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Well, the, the, Maybe she's crossed yeah. my Tumblr well, dashboard. She's, she's in other movies as well. I I, I know who yeah. she is. Uh, now. I didn't she was. Her. Oh, she's Sophia the First. Oh my god! That's... Is she? <laughs> yeah, she's the. That's why I know her name then. Yeah, she voiced the title character <gasps> in the Disney Junior show Sophia the First. That's where you know her from. Oh my god, that is a show with some amazing voice actors. Rob. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, oh my god for full disclosure uh ellen and i when sophia the first came out were uh babysitting our niece quite a lot who liked that show and then in turn (sighs) we both ended up watching a lot of that show because it's actually really good really good show yeah nice we watch a lot of children's cartoons (laughs) together actually like sophia the first we're like steven universe like yeah so ariel winter (sighs) you know she was living with her mum, doing all right until she became a princess overnight like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's where we know her from. Oh, I was like, why is that name so familiar? Yeah. Why is that name so familiar? I know this name. You've That's seen why. It on the credits, I've right? seen it on the credits. Yeah, yeah. yeah she's hanging it. out with uh, Bunny Wayne Brady, being like, "Well, yeah. you're the princess," and just yeah, legit. Yeah, it's got the most insane voice cast. Yeah, wow. Jess Harnell plays like a semi-evil sorcerer that keeps trying to get the amulet off her and and can't do it, and he <laughs> he sounds a bit like an evil Ringo star. Like it's just. <laughs> It's, it's a great, it's a great, yeah. it's a great little series. Yeah, uh, but anyway. we're, we're not reviewing Sophia the First. We, oh, are, we should. We, we're reviewing. We should. Imagine the Wachowskis version of Sophia the First. Now, yep, imagining it. I can't. It's not possible. No, there's, there's... no, no, no. But like this mixed with like the Pegasus race because they have like winged Pegasuses that like oh. fly them around mm. and stuff like that. But with yeah. Okay. Well, we're gonna we'll be checking. Um, AO3 later for any crossover <laughs> fan fiction. I'll never tell you what my pen name is. <laughs> but uh, before that, we have to give Speed Racer a score. Uh, Ellen. Oh, why do I have to go first? Because it was your first time <laughs> oh watching it. God. So what score would you give Speed Racer out of 10? Oh my God. She is holding the side of her face. <laughs> And she looks she's, like yeah. Home Alone poster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's staring into the middle distance, mouth agape, scared because Joe Pesci is coming together. <laughs> would you be scared if Joe Pesci was coming oh, yeah. to get you? Joe Pesci today would scare me if he was oh, coming to get me. Oh, man. Um, I'm going to give it nine nonges out of ten. It was insane. I would, yeah, I would watch that again. Mm. I would watch that again probably several more times. Okay. What a what a ride! Okay. Oh boy. Rob, uh, what about you? I give it ten. Eat waffle t-shirts <laughs> out of ten. Yeah. That whole candy bitch sequence is so good. Yeah. Th- this is an incredibly fun film. Oh my gosh. Um, and oh, it's. 
I, I just had a really good time watching it. And mm. I, 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 your mileage may vary with mm. this film. Oh, yeah. I, I think it has to be said. Like, I think it's very clear we all had a great time watching it. Mm. Um, but, but if you were I, Rob Wood's dad, you would not enjoy it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah. Um, Before but, you give yes. this score, I just wanted to just say there's been only two times in my life that a movie has overwhelmed me with joy to the point that I felt the urge to physically stand up in the cinema. Mm. And one time was at the end of There Will Be Blood. Okay. And one time is at the climactic race in, mm. in this film. That's mm. incredible. Um, yeah, look, it's, it's a fantastic film. Um, I, I had a great time. I think... I do think there are maybe small, tiny elements of this film which could have been better, um, which is why I'm not going to give it 10 out of 10. But but boy, I don't think there's been a film I've had as good a time with for quite a while, just in general, let alone films we've done on this program. Mm. We, we've watched some real corkers. <laughs> you know what? The last film I think that made me go wowie was Parasite a few months ago. Are you going to watch more films with me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all down to the company, it, clearly. It is, yeah. but, but I think this film has actually blown me away a little bit more than Parasite, which is saying something, because that was a sensational film. I feel as though I'm going to have to give it nine and a half pancakes of love out of 10 <laughs> uh, because it's it's just an incredibly enjoyable film or at least we all seem to think it is the case you at home might be listening you might be throwing ice sculptures of a car on the floor going no you're wrong but um it's a good roger allen impersonation <laughs> thank you um but yes it's um maybe that's where you got your accent from that is yes I, uh, roger allen <laughs> the roger uh, allen school of was, yes no i was uh, i was brought up next to a cassette tape of him in uh, les miserables <laughs> obviously where i got the voice from um but, but i i just feel as though this this film it just does what it sets out to do incredibly well and it was just a real joy to watch this film so um rob and ellen thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the cinema catch-up club thank you what a trip oh my god and for those of you listening at home (laughs) thank you for listening in um this was our olympics film Uh, (laughs) look it's got all the colors do they do motor racing they don't do motor racing the Olympics, Baga. but now I think they should. Uh, and this film definitely uh, achieved a gold medal for us. So. If the racing is like this film, I'd watch it. I yeah. mean, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, At least but, one time. But yes, as, as you uh, watch uh, the Olympics and indeed watch this film, uh, maybe a couple of things we can throw your way. Um, capitalism is the enemy in this film, but in the real world, it's our friend. So find us at Patreon. Uh, look for us at patreon.com forward slash CCUC podcast. You can throw some dollars our way and we promise not to buy purple suits like Roger Allen has, or indeed he, the one he gives Speed Racer. Even though they're very nice, we promise not to wear them and then to sit around getting massages 24 hours a day. We will use it towards actually making good, wholesome, racer family podcasts uh that and and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches uh so go there throw some money at us please and thank you uh we can also be found on facebook just search for the cinema catch-up club there uh, and there is of course uh, many ways you can listen to this program i'm guessing you know at least one of them because you're listening to me right now uh, itunes soundcloud spotify the usual ways of getting your podcasts find us there uh subscribe and you'll get a new episode each and every week uh but that's all for this week so until next time goodbye bye (laughs) go 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 You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.